Welcome to episode number 60 of the Attractions Group podcast. Alongside Ryan Sir, I'm merely Don Helbig. Ryan, 60 episodes, now in the books. Mm-hmm. And they said it wouldn't last. Yeah, we always have our haters and our doubters, but here we are, 60 episodes in. Been doing this for over a year now. We have. It's been a lot of fun. We've had some great guests. We've had a lot of good topics. Uh, it's always, you know, rewarding, I guess, for me when, you know, I get a message or, you know, whether it's Facebook or X that uh, they'll they'll say they enjoyed, you know, a certain episode or uh, a topic we were talking about, or they will give us suggestions on some other things that they'd like to see. Um, and some of those suggestions, you know, if you've pitched an idea of a guest to be on the show, we're going to certainly work on that. Um, it's just one of those things that were, you know, you had the announcement season in August. Now we're getting into the Halloween season. Uh, so as we get into, you know, the end of October and November, we'll be able to have some of these guests on. But uh, a lot of places you can listen to the Attractions Group podcast, you know, all your favorite podcast apps, the app formerly known as X. You can follow us on X. It's attractions underscore GRP. You're absolutely right. You can follow us on your favorite podcast apps as well as YouTube by searching for the Attractions Group podcast. Also, if you are interested in sponsorship packages, send us a DM on X and uh, we'll discuss that. Cool. So we have both had a very solid couple. We didn't do an episode last week, uh, but it was an excused absence. So we were both traveling and it was theme park stuff. It was. Well, Ryan, you made a trip again. To Central Florida, you made sure you rubbed it in again mm-hmm. that you were going to Central Florida to go to uh, several parks. So, uh, where'd you go? What'd you do? Uh, I mean, I was gone for almost ten days. Uh, the uh, I, I'm going to start with the beginning because we made a cameo trip, like an improv trip to SeaWorld right when we got off the plane. Uh, so I finally got to ride the surf coaster, the BNM surf coaster, which is uh, the next generation stand up kind of. Um, and it was good. Um, now I, I would say that more so than being excited about the ride, I'm excited about the concept. Um, the ride was certainly more comfortable than any stand-up coaster I've ever ridden in my life. Uh, that's, that's without a doubt. So whatever that piston situation thing is that they put on it, um, that's, that's brilliant. Um, but the thing I liked about it was that when you go through the airtime hills, even if it's just a little bunny hop, it throws you up in the air um, and so your feet are off the ground and everything. Uh, I just think that in a sitting position, that might even be kind of cool. You might take a, a coaster that's very tame from the track standpoint and make it very extreme from the sensation standpoint. So I, I'm excited about that. Um, didn't spend long in SeaWorld. We did that in Icebreaker and pretty much got out of there because we had a pretty packed day. Um, but our main reason to go was to go to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Orlando. Um, I did everything pretty much possible, uh, at horror nights. Um, the very first night we got there, we, we did the stay and scream. So if you have a park ticket, you can, um, kind of crouch in a certain area, uh, for about an hour. And then they open up the different mazes, uh, about an hour, eh, maybe half hour before it's open to the public. Um, so if you can strategize yourself, especially if you have an annual pass or something like that, um, you can get through three or four of the mazes, uh, within the first hour, hour and a half. Um, and then, you know, once the masses come in, the lines get very, very long. 
Um, but we, we did the stay and scream the first night. Uh, and then on top of that, we had express, which is their like fast line, line skip thing. Uh, so we got to do all the mazes several times. Um, uh, now the second day, uh, you know, moving on to more horror nights thing is we did a three tour, uh, unmasking three house, unmasking the, the unmasking the horror tour. So that's, that's a mouthful. Um, so we did, uh, the deadliest deal was one of the ones that we did. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our uh, tour guide, Billy. She was fantastic. Um, but the deadliest deal is based off of a character that they created, but it's essentially the Robert Johnson story where, you know, at the crossroads, he sold his soul to the devil and, um, you know, exchange for becoming a rock star. So they did this fantastic storytelling where in the first room, you have the devil presenting him with a contract and the contract has this cool lighting effect where he goes to sign it and his signature comes on it like in lights. It's, it's so freaking cool. And then the second room is him playing on a stage in front of a bunch of like nobodies. Um, and then a bunch of like music theme stuff, uh, tons of Easter eggs in there. You go through like an above ground cemetery, like they would have in like the Louisiana Bayou. And then in the very last scene is the coolest thing. Uh, he's on stage playing for presumably, you know, a big crowd of people and, uh, the actor that plays the, the devil comes out and steals his soul, like part of the contract. Uh, and he's got this led vest under his chest where his soul comes out of his chest. Like it lights up and it comes to the center as if, you know, think like Shang Tsung on uh mortal combat, that sort of thing. But, uh, really, really cool. Um, we, we did, uh, uh, another one called Dr. Oddfellows, which was like a, um, like a circus theme. Um, and that was kind of fun. They had one part that was a contortionist, but the contortionist uh, wasn't a contortionist. They would contortion body parts to fit into a, like a chest that of people they cut up. So that wasn't the same. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was just fantastic. I'm trying to remember uh, the third one we did. Um, let me look it up. I, I'm, the name is slipping me and it's going to bother me otherwise, but yeah, it's, uh, the, the tour is a little pricey, but you do get one-on-one. -on -one. It was only about the, a total of nine pe or 12 people that can be in the tour. Um, but we only had about nine and the cool part about it was that Billy, our tour guide, uh, knew a lot about like the storytelling, the storytelling element of it. So when we went through again that night, um, we were, uh, like we, we had a better understanding of what we were supposed to be paying attention to and stuff. And we had like a much better appreciation for the storytelling. Uh, the last maze was the last of us, which was, it's an HBO show and it's a video game. Um, this is based on the video game and, uh, essentially like it's zombies, but the zombies are created by mushroom spores and they had a lot of fun with like the mushrooms and stuff. And, um, they had the, all these different uh, scare elements in there where they would use mirrors and stuff where people can essentially pop out at you out of nowhere. Uh, it's brilliant how they do it. Uh, but my favorite part of all of horror nights, honestly, is that as opposed to having like, um, you know, an actor jumping out and say lines and then their voice gets hoarse and yeah, whatever, you know, they actually have, uh, actor, actor automated scares. I think it's AAS is what they said they were. It's like a guitar pedal and you hit it and it 
triggers the lights and the audio. So I've discussed this on the podcast before, but essentially it's as opposed to being like a boo kind of scare, it's more like you're in the middle of this horror movie kind of scare. Absolutely brilliant. So um, the they have one really, really big show uh, for, for Horror Nights now. Um, they've had this show for a while. It's called... Uh, um, Nightmare Fuel. Sorry, I lost that too. Nightmare Fuel has replaced Bill and Ted uh, in the old Fear Factor amphitheater. Uh, and this show was awesome. A magic tricks. It had fire. It had fire spinners. Uh, not the most pleasant thing when it's like 90 degrees at night to have fire spinners everywhere. But I saw the show twice. It was so good. Um, it, it's about a woman that like, I guess she has nightmares and she decides to fight back. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much because there's some really cool like visual gags and stuff in it. But uh, I, my understanding is that they have a reiteration of this every every year. They have like a different nightmare fuel and it's got a different like subtitle. And um, the the thing that the the regulars kind of understand is before the show starts, they start putting on the Black Parade uh, by My Chemical Romance. So when they put that on, they put on like a, like a remix version of it. And people went absolutely nuts. Uh, it, it was just such a cool experience. Um, now speaking of universal, I, I do when I'm wrong, I want to, I want to admit it. Uh, I said on a previous podcast that they're in the process of tearing down Poseidon's fury. Uh, a lot of people gave me a hard time down there about that. Uh, they are not tearing down Poseidon's fury. Uh, the building is still there. It still has all the decorative waterfalls and everything. The ride is not open. Um, nobody I talked to seemed to know what was going on on the inside. So it could be completely intact or they could be ripping it out to make something new. Um, tried to get rumors or innuendo or whatever as to what's going in there. Nobody seems to know. So that's going to be very exciting. Huge building, huge opportunity for them. Um, Got to go to uh, uh, Universal. Got to go to Bush Gardens, Tampa. I had been there before. Uh, rode Iron Gwazi uh, for the first time. That was fantastic. Well, probably one of my favorite RMCs, except for maybe uh, Lightning Rod. But uh, very intense, not uncomfortable at all. Uh, definitely an A-list coaster. Uh, the people that talked about it, they, they weren't wrong. Um, and I saved the best for last. Uh, I was hoping that by the time I went down there, they would have the Hatbox Ghost ready at Disney for uh, Magic Kingdom. It is not. Uh, we repeated. We, we reported originally in a pick six that they have a curtain up. Mm -hmm. They do. Uh, very tastefully done, actually. It's uh, to the left of the endless hallway, and it's a two-sided curtain. Well, it's a you know one that's kind of like facing the endless hallway, and the other one facing you. Uh, it's a black curtain. So without knowing that something's going there, you would never know. But. Um, yeah, a very good trip. Very long. It was hot down there, though. Good God, it was hot down now, there. Now, this was your first time experiencing this event? Horror Nights? No, I'd been in like 2017. Yeah. Oh, you'd done it before? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of like the, when you're going through the mazes, you know, with the scare actors and, you know, the makeup and everything, on a one to 10, where do you put that? What's the level? 12. There were some, there were, there were some, monsters and stuff that were absolutely television quality it would like if they had aliens or whatever they would look good enough to be on tv on star trek or something like you there's you never see a seam you never see actual none of it's airbrushed it's all like latex and stuff and uh one of the cool things that they do is every i've heard different numbers maybe 45 minutes 90 minutes something like that they trade out the entire they, they stop the line and they trade out an entire cast so every maze has two casts. So everybody's always fresh when they do this. So you never get like, you know, you go through 
to go through the maze at eight and it's awesome. You go through at 11 and there's three people in there and, you know, they don't have any voices or whatever, but, uh, the technology, the actors, uh, they won't take just anybody there. They have serious auditions. I absolutely loved it. Well, that's great. It sounds like you had a great time. Uh, obviously you would highly recommend, uh, this event. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's funny because I, I always have a lot of people saying, cause I, I, the last two times I've gone, it's, I go there and then a week later, like haunt opens or the thing at Kentucky kingdom opened the last time. And everyone's like, well, you won't want to go there. And it's like, it's a different product, you know, because jump scares. And st- yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, there's two different leagues there. You know, you're well, not comparing apples to apples. Right. Right. And I'm not even saying it's like, uh, the, the, you know, Kentucky kingdom is just not in their league or Kings Island's not in their league. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that, um, you, as I mentioned before, when you go through their mazes, they're trying to put you in there. They're trying to make it feel like you're in this place where the zombies have eaten the mushrooms and it caused people to go crazy. That's the scary part. Are there jump scares? Sure. But it's so far away from a traditional haunted house and more of a, it's almost like a dark ride with people. Yeah. So, so I, I, you kind of get immersed into the story, right? Yeah. The story is incredibly important. Um, but, but I, it's not to put down either because they're, they're, I mean, here in Cincinnati, we've got land of illusion and dense schoolhouse and stuff, all award-winning and they're all far more similar to King's Island than they are horror nights. But it's not the same product. But just yeah, just totally different product. That's what I you know you know meant to say was it's it's just two different things. Right. And I would say that the best equation is if somebody asks if Twilight Zone this the show the Twilight Zone is scary. Well, no, it's not scary. It, like it would probably be filed under horror. But is it like Friday the Thirteenth? No, it's cerebral, which is a different type of scary. You know. Um. So yeah, that, that was a that was a heck of a trip. Uh, had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, got to eat at several places. Uh, I so I, I I ate twice at the ABC comments commissary at uh, Hollywood Studios. They have really good food, by the way. It's a quick service. You order ahead on the app, and you can just go in there. And I had a Mediterranean salad that was really good at one point, and I had. Um, maybe like a burger and fries the other time. I can't remember. This is so long ago at this point, but, um, absolutely delicious. Uh, also ate at, um, the Skipper Canteen at jun- uh, near Jungle Cruise. You ever eaten there before? I have not. So it's really, but I've heard good things. About if it. you enjoy Jungle Cruise, then you'll love Skipper Canteen. Cause it's like the same, like stupid dad jokes and stuff that the skippers do, except they're your server. And they make dumb jokes and they mess with you and stuff. So it, that was a really good time. Um, also ate at the uh, the Japanese restaurant at uh, in, in Epcot. It was four, four Dragons, I think it's called. I have done that one. That one was really good. But yeah. Um, but enough about me. You also travel. You you actually, your car ride was longer than my flight. <laughs> Where'd you go? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you took a flight to Central Florida, and I took the long runway uh, to go to Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, for the opening of Hallow Scream. Hallow Scream. Uh, my first time experiencing that event at Bush Gardens, and, you know, I was impressed. I thought it was very tastefully done. Um, the decor looked good around the park. Uh, they call their, um, they don't call them scare zones there. They call them territories. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they have five of those, and uh, I like the names of those. 
uh, the, the territories that they have. It's uh, Fest Evil. There's uh, Gorgon Gardens, Scary Tail Road, Meat Market, and Ripper Row. I, I liked Ripper Row. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but the characters, uh, the characters that they have in these different areas, uh, very much into their character. I thought the, the makeup and uh, the latex and everything they put on, you know, very high level. So I was impressed with that. The event itself, uh, they've got four newly reimagined and one new haunted house. And I like what they do there is they might have older existing ones, but they reimagine them and keep them fresh for guests. So I thought that was was a nice touch. Um, they have four shows throughout the park. Uh, you know, you get beyond the, the haunts. You know, you have your uh, what they call booze bars. There were six of those. Um, then you've got the world class coasters and that that are open. You know, you had Dark Coaster, Apollo's Chariot. I absolutely love Apollo's Chariot. Uh, it was my first night ride ever on. I had ridden it a lot during the day, but never at night. Um, Alpengeist. You know, so a lot of, uh, you know, your favorite coasters are running and just, like I said, very, very tastefully done. Now, when we're talking about these mazes that they have, the new maze was called Lost Mines, the Descent, uh, and the revamped ones were Death Water, uh, Bayou, Full Moon, Nevermore, Chapter 3, Witch of the Woods, Scorched, and uh, Killarney Diner, now die, D-I-E-N-E-R, mm-hmm. so... um that was a, a really good one. My favorite one, I think, just because of the backstory, um, had to be the the Deathwater Bayou, uh, Full Moon is what it was called. So I really liked that one. Very long mazes too. None of them were short. Uh, they were some of them were long walks to get to them, uh, but very well done. You get there, and there's a lot to see as you're going through, uh, and just one room to the next or one hallway to the next. So I was really impressed with just how immersive they were, how long they were uh, with that. But, um, you know, the the water, the death water bayou full moon. I'll give you a little bit of the backstory of this when it's like a devilish uh, devotees are beckoned deeper into the bayou by an unseen force. This uh, The swamp walks the line between our world and the next uh, with the flame of death looming from above the voodoo queen. She was great. Uh, reaches in desperation for her next sinister sacrifice. So it's it's kind of that. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought, you know, again, very tastefully done. If you didn't really want to be a part of that event, you know, you could get around it a little bit and just enjoy the rides that were open at night. Very good food. You know, just a fantastic time. And, you know, I'm looking forward to going back again. Yeah, absolutely. Um but, but what was the name of your favorite one again? My favorite one was it was called Deathwater Bayou Full Moon. Deathwater Bayou. And that was the last one I did. Mm. You know, so each one I went through, I thought, oh, I like this one better than that one. Uh, and this one was the one I didn't have, you know, as high of expectations as some of the other ones. Uh, but it was, like I said, very long. And just, you know, you're going room to room and the decor um, in there was really good. You didn't know sometimes, you know, which one was real, which one wasn't. So, um, you know, just the right effects. And I thought, you know, this, the staffing, the organization of getting people in and out of the mazes was, was very well done. So, um, yeah, just really impressed with the event there. Yeah, absolutely. I forgot to mention which one was my favorite from Horror Nights, by the way. Uh, I'd be remiss because... Well, tell me, what was it? Well, th- this is interesting because, you know, we had a... You know, we talked about, I think on a Tower Topics, how, you know, Phantom Theater was... Encore was the first show based on a ride. 
Um, but they had the first, I believe, haunted house based on a defunct ride. Uh, it was Dueling Dragons. Um, and it was fire versus ice. And it actually yeah. had two, it had four endings total because you'd go through and there was uh, the ice person would freeze everything. The fire person would make everything red. And then you had to choose thy fate as they call it and go left for fire, right for ice or vice versa. And, um, so that's two endings. And then with either ending, there's a ending within the ending where either Merlin is there or one of the monsters holding Merlin's severed head is there. So total of four endings. Very, very cool. Sounds really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, haunt season is definitely kicking into full gear. And we went to some of the best events in the country already, you know? We did. We're only at September, what, 20th as we record right here. But uh, Ryan, moving on, uh, we have been asking for questions from our um, audience. Yeah. Have them send it to us on X. And we have a penned post where you can submit those questions, just reply to the post and you know, we'll get to all of them eventually. But this one comes from uh, Kyle Cavanaugh and he said, what is your most anticipated new or reimagined coaster in 2024? Ryan, I'll let you go first. Oh, I mean, hands down top thrill too. I, I I'm super excited about that. I love top thrill dragster. I think this is going to be a, a awesome new experience and I'm just, I'm thrilled about it. I can't wait to ride it. What about you? I'm going to go with good gravy. Good gravy. They had me a gravy. That sounds about yeah, they right. They had me a gravy on this one. No, I, I thought that, you know, just following the teaser campaign with it, you know, I kind of got caught up in that and just kind of followed step by step on their social media channels, visited the park, you know, saw where it was going to go, loved the announcement uh, that how they, they did that and introduced it to the world for the first time. Um, it just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So in that yeah. respect, you know, that's why I'm looking most forward to that. I have an idea, you know, about, you know, Top Thrill 2, you know, what that's going to feel like, what that's going to be like. I think it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, you know, it's, it's going to be good gravy at Holiday World. Yeah. I mean, well, and you mentioned the teaser campaign and stuff. It, it's kind of cool what a kind of like a psychological experiment that we have going on right now where, uh, you got excited about it because of the teaser campaign and it's not just, oh, it's announced. So it's over it. There's it's carrying on to like, I enjoyed the teaser campaign. I went on this ride with you, uh, but ride at not, not a pun intended. I meant, you know, on this journey, right, with exactly. you. um, but now I'm excited for the ride to open. I, I think that's, that's kind of a cool thing. And it's kind of a testament to the teaser campaigns and how effective they can be. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, it's, it's, going to be in a uh, the thanksgiving section of the park it's going to be well themed uh you know it's going to be a ride that you can ride over and over again you know so i think that's important to me is the repeatability of it so i'm just really looking forward to it yeah uh and you and i will be there to ride it here in about six months or so so that's exciting that's right cool well you know what's funny is we uh our, our main section of the show it isn't that long today. It's like about 23 minutes, but it's because there's so much going on in the industry. Uh, we had to expand. Well, we had to expand a little segment we like to call the pick six. All right. Um, I guess I will take number one. Um, yep. So number one, uh, this year's Halloween in the Sky drone show at Holiday World and Splash and Safari in Santa Claus, Indiana, Indiana will kick off this weekend and run every Saturday through October 29th. This is 2023, by the way, if you're listening to it in the future. Guests can visit the park 
uh, for free on the Saturday before the event if they purchase the park's new pick your date tickets online for Sundays. That's pretty cool. This is a drone show, right? Didn't we talk about this? It, it, yeah, it is a drone show. It's going to be spectacular. Uh, they did a great job with their drone show this summer. So I think it really, you know, adds, it's a great way to cap off your night at Holiday World. A drone, you know, to yeah. have this drone show before you leave. So I, I you know, I think it's going to be fantastic. And I think all the guests are going to really enjoy it. I mean, how could you argue with a drone show being a fantastic way to cap off your night anywhere? That's right. That's right. All right, moving on. The next one, Six Flags Fiesta Texas Park President and self-proclaimed Six Flags Fiesta Texas caretaker and our good friend, Jeffrey Siebert. He recently shared with IAPA News how the park's marketing strategy uses a different approach to share news of future capital improvements. So instead of the traditional press release and just, you know, sending that out and slapping it on social media, uh, what Jeffrey likes to do is... uh, he likes to share it with the audience, their, their biggest fans, and uh, give it to them first. And then, you know, it moves on and, and ends up in the in the news media and that. But I really like that approach. Uh, what are your thoughts, Ryan? I mean, having been on the other side of that spectrum, um, I mean, I can tell you Diamondback's announcement, Banshee's announcement, Orion's announcement, uh, Mystic Timber's announcement, all of which were some of my fondest memories. And the cool part is, is like, if you're there for it, if they let the enthusiasts come, you never feel more connected with the park than being part of them sharing. Yeah, And that, that's what I love doing when, during my years is, is, uh, you know, the PR person at Kings Island, I wanted to give it to the guests first. And then I knew all of their excitement, you know, they'd be posting it on their social media channels, you know, and then we would still get the news coverage for it, but you're right you know, the guests feel connected to the park uh, when you let them be a part of this and you give them the information first. I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, and Jeff Siebert is, uh, that's the template to go by in a lot of cases because. Yeah. And they did it at King, he, when Jeffrey's at Kings Island, you know, there were things that, you know, I remember like the, uh, what's now backlot stunt coaster when that was announced and, you know, the return of Winterfest in 2005, you know, you know, he and, you know, invited, did the guests in to see what they were doing. And I, I thought that was, uh, you know, great then. And obviously I did it in my career and it's great to see, you know, that approach at six flags Fiesta, Texas. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, I do remember, uh, I was there for the Italian job announcement. Italian job, right. Uh, I was there for the Winterfest announcement. Uh, I was there for boomerang Bay. Uh, well, wait, was boomerang Bay a public thing? I can't, I remember he did a tour where, um, I think he dropped a presser saying that they were going to do Boomerang Bay, but we didn't know much about it. And then on the last day of the season, and I guess it would have been 2003, uh, they showed a video in the Fest House and they took anybody who wanted to um, back to do a construction tour. Um, but that was great. I mean, that was some of my first exposure to the industry was, was Jeff. And uh, I mean, you talk about a great guy like Jeff. Uh, Jeff still remembers me. Uh, I see him, I used to see him about once or twice a year when he would be up here in town. Um, but I was just some 20 year old dude when he worked here and he just, he's that kind of guy. So good guy to have around really, really nice guy. Yeah. And there's some other parks that, you know, they have their announcements, you know, in park and they do invite the guests in, um, you know, so it's not, you know, just isolated to six flags. He has to text. There are some others that do it, uh, but just you know, really hearing him talk about it and why they do it, you know, it's very engaging. And 
you know, as you said before, the keyword, you know, you've connected when you saw those at Kings Island, the Six Flags Fiesta, uh, Texas, you know, their biggest fans feel connected. I just think it's a great way to go, especially in the world that we live in today, you know, with social media, you know, all everyone, you know, is going to be, you know, posting about the announcement and uh, they're going to be your biggest salespeople. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving right along, Disneyland has closed Space Mountain just as the busy Halloween season gets underway, uh, but not to install the Ghost Galaxy overlay uh, that adds a spooky holiday theme to the popular Tomorrowland indoor roller coaster. Space Mountain will be closed through October 25th for refurbishment at the Anaheim theme park, according to Disneyland's website. That's a shame. Space Mountain, that's, that's institutional. That's a shame. That is a signature attraction. You know, to me, it would be disappointing to have it down during this time because a lot of people plan their visit, you know, to do the Halloween season there. And Space Mountain is certainly on their to-do list. Uh, but I understand it. You know, when you're open year-round every day, you know, you have to do these things where you have to shut the, you know, certain rides down while the park's open and do your refurbishments. It's just unfortunate it comes at this time of the year. Yeah, clearly they found something that needed to be done now because they, they wouldn't do it at this time intentionally, I imagine. I mean, I have no idea. But um, yeah, they do a pretty good job and they're, they're pretty good at communicating that out. Uh, the Disney Corporation is where if a ride needs to go under rehab during you know this slow season or whatever, which is when it typically happens uh, after the first of the year that uh, they let us know. All right, now bear with us on this oh, one. Oh, God. The real black bear entered Walt Disney World on Monday, which prompted the park to temporarily close a good portion of Magic Kingdom, including Frontierland, Liberty Square, and Adventureland, as law enforcement, the local law enforcement there, and biologists from the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission came in, got the bear, and relocated it. Oh, good. Part of Country Bear Jamboree. Everybody made that joke, including you. <laughs> I did. I did make that joke. But, you know, I mean, you don't think when you're in Central Florida and you're at Walt Disney World that you're going to run into a bear. But there it was. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's funny because I'm a member of a couple of like annual pass groups and stuff. Um and a lot of people are like, I'm at the park and it's stupid because all the rides are closed. What's going on? And they're like, uh, there's a bear. <laughs> so, I mean, how can you be mad about that? But, uh, you know, if they said like an alligator was roaming the park or something, you know, you understand that because of where they are and you know, there's water all over the place. So you would expect that, but a bear, uh, that was a little bit surprising news, but you're right. I mean, a lot of uh, amusing things that were out there said about it and, um, uh, you know, it's one of those uh, different kind of stories that we thought we'd slip in here on the pick six. Yeah. All right. Next up. Um, so one of the finest fall events in the industry, Dollywood's Harvest Festival is now open, running daily, except Tuesdays when the park is closed. Uh, when the Except Tuesdays when the park is closed through October 30th. The event, according to Theme Parks by Don. Hey, I know that guy. Uh, is a vibrant celebration and that showcases the rich history of the region and the spirit of the fall season with an amazing autumn atmosphere, stunning park decor, and the beauty of natural setting in the kaleidoscope of a warm hue. Did you write that? That's beautiful. I did. I That's did. awesome. <laughs> so you. shout out to, uh, you know, Theme Parks by Don, um, who, who wrote this this article. Um but yeah, yeah, very cool. Uh, have you been to 
Yeah, I was going to go to their. Uh, I was going to go to their um, media event for it, you know, uh, but having an eye appointment that I couldn't reschedule, so I wasn't able to attend. But was able to get enough information, you know, uh, about it to to write this story. I had experienced the event before, so I knew, you know, what the guests can expect and everything. But it's really, really well done. Like I said, it's one of the finest events that you're going to find in the fall season in the amusement theme park industry. You know, highly recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. So Don, why don't you take the next one? And what we're going to do with this, this is big. We'll read it off and then we'll comment on what we want to comment on after it's done. Uh, lightning rod. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm out of list. Yeah. Lightning rod. So this is yeah. Lightning yeah rod. speaking of, Talk yeah, about that. yeah. So they're replacing the launch with a high speed chain lift. How about that? I think I really like what the park did coming out, you know, sharing, you know, with their fans, what they were doing, why they were doing it. Um, just very transparent. And hopefully this is the solve that they've been looking for since the ride debuted and it can operate consistently. It's gotta be, uh, my understanding is the problem. I, I mean, they did the structural work and stuff a couple years ago, but, um, the problem according to the park itself has always been the launch. So, um, getting rid of the launch, that's going to be good. They say that the ride experience will not be different with the exception of the actual launch sequence, uh, replaced by a high speed chain. And, uh, I, the, the number I've heard on the internet is that it'll put you over the top at about 15 miles an hour, uh, which is the, the same as like millennium force. So if you want an idea of the speed, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're still going to get thrown over the top at a pretty good, pretty good rate there. And then you know, the right experience from that point on is going to be, you know, shouldn't be any different. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's exciting to know once this is done that when you go to Dollywood, you're, you know, looking forward to riding the ride. You're not going to see the ride temporarily down sign in front that it, it should be open. Yeah. It, I think I feel like it had downtime every time I went. So I'm glad about that. Uh, I was disappointed about the whole launch thing, but the more I thought about it, um, the ride isn't great because of the launch. The ride is great because of the quad down at the end. So yeah, yeah. Every everything that happens after the, you know the launch is is what I love about that ride. So I don't, I don't know that's going to change. So looking forward to riding it again next yeah, year. Yeah, new trains. By the way, I should I should mention that it's going to get new trains that accommodate the the lift hill. I don't know if you'll notice anything different from a guest standpoint, but there will be new trains. All right. All right. Well, the last one here, and this is going to be a little bit of a long one, folks. So bear yeah. with us. Um, last weekend, Disney hosted Destination D23. Now, Destination D23 is the event where Disney announced the changes coming to the park, its future plans and projects. And, you know, here's a list of the main changes. Now, this isn't everything, but this is just the main changes and novelties that were announced during the event. Ryan, go first. All right. Um, so the first one, they announced that, uh, the, the, I mean, as of this recording, it's currently happening. But the next day after the event, they were going to have uh, the meet and greet with Figment in Epcot. So that was the first one. The next one is the Academy Award-winning movie Encanto is being considered along with Indiana Jones for a new reimagined land at Animal Kingdom. Yeah, and then the next one is uh, they're making considerations for what to do about Dinoland USA. Um, and the one of the considerations is they're going to retheme it to uh, biodiverse areas such as South America and Central America. 
The Tree of Life in Animal Kingdom has been traditionally known as the home of the attraction. Tough to be a bug? I imagine it would be. Uh, but Disney is creating a new show based on the movie Zootopia to replace the current attraction. Yay. All right. Uh, more magic coming to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, Bruce Vaughn, Imagineering Chief Creative Officer, has announced that future expansion plans for Magic Kingdom... Uh, Imagineers are trying to tell stories beyond Big Thunder Mountain. The expansion plans include new attractions, restaurants, and more, inspired by the uh, inspired by the scale of Star Wars: Galaxy Edge and Pandora: The World of Avatar. Journey of the Water, a walkthrough experience inspired by the movie Mona, and located within World of Nature in Epcot. It'll open October sixteenth. The area is focused on helping guests understand and preserve nature. In the same space, Mona will come to an area near Journey of the Water for meet-and-greet experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a world celebration. This December, uh, the, the last of the four Epcot neighborhoods will open to visitors, becoming Epcot's latest major development. Uh, the world celebration neighborhood is designed uh, to, to complete world discovery and world nature, uh, two nearby neighborhoods that were also recently com completed. Destination D23 attendees were able to take a look at the new Zootopia land at Disney Shanghai. The new land comes with rides, food, beverages, entertainment, and merchandise inspired by the movie. All right, more attractions coming to Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, that's going to be such as uh, the Frozen Kingdom, Neverland, uh, Rapunzel's Forest. The new attractions are scheduled to start opening as early as next year. Imagineers are working alongside Chevrolet to look at the origins of the ride and create a new experience for the test track at Epcot. Epcot, speaking of Epcot, is going to get a new nightly show. Um, if you're a fan of the Disney evening uh, spectaculars, spectacles let's use that word instead because i can't read tonight uh, you may be thrilled in that disney is bringing a new nightly show to epcot called luminous the symphony of us the show is set to debut on december 5th that's probably one of the closest ones coming and will include lasers light effects music and more a new pirate to the caribbean themed lounge in adventureland part of magic kingdom was announced it promises to be the first experience of its kind and to add the Pirates of the Caribbean story, it'll add to that. Uh, the attraction still is in the design phase. Uh, changes coming to Grizzly Hall. Country Bear Jamboree is being reinvented. Starting next year, the attraction is getting new songs and the Bears will perform new acts. Disney Imagineer Chris Beatty indicated that, that Disney is working with Nashville musicians to create country-style interpretations of Classic Disney songs. No word on the bear in Magic Kingdom getting an audition or not, by the way. The Avengers Campers, our campus at Disney's California Adventure Park is getting a new attraction. It will be a vehicle that will help prospective superheroes to travel through the multiverse. According to Brent Strong, he's the executive creative director at Imagineering. The ride will feature a design that combines elements of Tony Stark's time suits with, I'm going to use the word, was it uh, Xandrian jump points? Xandrian, sure. All right. Uh, Haunted Mansion is getting a new resident. We've talked about this before. Uh, the Hatbox oh, Ghosts yeah. are currently preparing, and it will be in uh, the Walt Disney World Haunted Mansion by the end of November. 
Disneyland Hong Kong is the host of World of Frozen, a new land in the park themed after the movie Frozen. The land promises to mix the world of uh, um, Arendelle. Arendelle. Arendelle with the natural surroundings of the park. Destination D23 attendees got a first look at the new land. Now, I do want to explain I had eye procedure today and stuff, so it's a little blurred at what I'm trying to read here. But go ahead, Ryan. I mean, I don't expect you to know the name of every Disney kingdom. That's the one I do know, besides Magic Kingdom. Uh, We're getting some new Disney friends. Epcot and Disneyland Paris will be the home of a new meet-and-greet experience. Asha, from Disney's new movie Wish, will soon be coming to those parks. And then, why don't you take the last one, Don? Um, I think just moved on me here. That's okay. Uh, Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Okay, Ashoka. I'm guessing that's how it's pronounced. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. Yes. Ashoka will join Star Tours. So they're going to... Ashoka from the Disney Plus series. I'm guessing it's the Mandalorian. uh, Will be integrated into the show. Or into the ride. Fans will be able to tour the new special uh, guest... Fans will be able to tour the new special guest at Hollywood Studios, Disneyland California, and Disneyland Paris starting next spring. Spring. For now, fans can see Ashoka at Star Wars Galaxy Edge in Disneyland. It looks like it's Disneyland alone. So which one of these do you think is, uh, what are you most excited about of all these? I think more pirates coming to the Magic Kingdom. Big fan of the of the uh, franchise there pirates of the caribbean so for me that one yeah that's going to be a good one and the cool part is is a lot of the stuff is clearly blue sky stuff like because they didn't used to do this it used to be this is what we're doing you know see you in three years but now it's a lot of we're thinking about this but and that's fine but um the restaurants and stuff like that and meet and greets usually do happen. So th- you can get excited about that because that's likely going to happen. Um, I'm kind of excited about the new Epcot show um, because they've had a lot of trouble getting a show that really like sets with people since Illuminations closed several years ago. Um, so they've been through a couple now, but hopefully they've, Learn their lesson. I actually have never seen Epcot forever. As much as I've been down there in the last two months or so, I've never seen it. Have you? I have seen it. Fantastic. I think they should call it Epcot for sorry, now. Right sorry, now. you haven't. Sorry, you haven't seen really? it. Really? It's a miss. I mean, I'll I'll probably see it before it closes because that's December fifth. So I'll, I'll try to make it down there again. Um, now this Magic Kingdom. Uh, we can only speculate. Uh, they're talking about a huge expansion in Magic Kingdom if it's going to be something like Galaxy's Edge or, or Pandora. Um, we don't have a lot of details on it, except they think it's going to be big. Well, of course, everything they do there seems to be big. So, yeah, but it's, um, you know, I'm trying to imagine where you would put that there. Uh, I they would either take out something else or maybe they would occupy like a previous backstage area or something like that. That would be my thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tight, you know, when you look at the layout of the park and that, but obviously they have a lot of room, you know, things that you, know, you can clear out a whole new space, I guess, by removing some trees and things. But, um, it's always interesting, you know, what, what they do and they, whenever they end up doing it, they do it well. Yeah. Um, now I did get to see figment, uh, at uh, journey to imagination. 
Um, he makes this really cool entrance. They have a tunnel, like, you know, when you leave journey to imagination, you've got like that activity center and stuff before like the DVC lounge and all that. They have this like tunnel built now and it does all this crazy stuff with lights and it says imagination before, um, before figment comes out. And then he comes out the figment character itself looks a little weird because you're not used to him being, you know, seven feet tall. You're used to being, being like a foot, uh, but it, it's really cool. Um, and I actually, I put that up uh, on our YouTube shorts and it did really well. So it's definitely something people are interested in. Um, the Bugs Life thing will be interesting because uh, that's probably going to happen since it's just a projection thing. But remember, Bugs Life has a lot of animatronics and stuff too. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they can make that different enough that it matters, that it's a new attraction people want to see. Um and then Dino Land USA. The other thing that's not this isn't in the notes, I don't think, but the actual dinosaurs ride. They're thinking about Indiana Jones, possibly. They have that at Disneyland. That'll be exciting. It will be. It will be. I mean, it's it's you know exciting, and you know we had that rapid fire that we went through, but we felt you know, in, in, including this as one of the pick sixes, that we kind of had the detail a lot more than just kind of giving you a quick you know snapshot about it. So, you know, we appreciate everyone who bared with us on that. Yeah. And we'll see you in a couple years when Encanto is at Animal Kingdom. That's just the first thing I saw when I turned my head. Cool. <laughs> Don, do you have any final thoughts? Like uh, any Halloween thoughts or I, D23 thoughts or anything? No, my mind today has been on the confirmation that uh, Kansas City Chiefs tied in Travis Kelsey and um, Taylor Swift that they're dating. Yeah, I heard about which, that. Which begs the question, you know, is she already in the process of writing a breakup song? Because you know that's going to come. She probably has several in the can and can just mad libs it. Just put his name in there and then new verbs and stuff. And then she's, yeah, then she, that's exactly. $100 million in her pocket right there. Awesome. Well, make sure that you subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast apps. Search for us on YouTube by searching for the Attractions Group Podcast. And um, follow us on, on Twitter, X, at Attractions underscore GRP. We'll see you next week, everybody.